It's like due to the graphic nature of this program, discretion is advised. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Dr. Hyman at your cervix. <laughs> I'm Lucas Tiamore. I'm Calvin Williams. I'm E.W. Conundrum. I'm Jennifer Cooley. <laughs> Jennifer. Actually, I'm Francis Hall, a.k.a. Faceboy. And your name again is? Uh, E.W. Conundrum Demure, if you want to hold. <laughs> E.W. I'm going to go with Demure. And you have a show on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm, I'm honored to say yes, I do. Yes. Want to tell us about it, what, what, what it's generally about and when we can hear it? Sure, thank you. Thank sure. you for the opportunity, Faceboy. Um, it's uh, called Troubadours and Rock on Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure, a long name, every Friday at 10 p.m. Uh, and I, I, 60 Minutes, I have an interview that is sort of the, the um, main part of the episode, and then... Around that, there'll be poetry, essays, and music. And we try to create a thread. You know, the, the content of that conversation I have with the guest, I try to find songs and essays or what have you that sort of connect with the, 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 the uh, sort of verve of that conversation. That sounds that great. That sounds awesome. And what, what time and what day? Fridays at 10 p.m. Fridays at 10 p.m. Tune in. Thanks again. I appreciate Troubadours and Rockin' Tours. You've been with the station for a while, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes. And how did you hear about Radio Free Brooklyn? It's kind of a funny story. I, you know, I have a lot of kids, and I, I took them to swim at the YMCA, and I was just waiting for them, you know. And I, I was cruising, you know, social media, what have you, and I saw this prompt that said, Radio Free Brooklyn's looking for programming. If you would like to submit an idea, please do do it here. There was an application. I filled the application out. I shared uh, some information about because I had the show already. I've been doing it for other stations. I shared them a couple of uh, episode links. And uh, then they got back to me a couple months later and said, let's have a phone conversation about the possibility of bringing you on. And I talked with uh, Tom and uh, uh, Rob. And uh, they, they said, hey, yeah, we, 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 uh, we'd like to include you in our programming. And I said, really? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've been doing it ever since. And Jennifer, uh, are you part of this show as well? I'm not. I'm just a supportive wife. <laughs> oh, okay. Which All is right. huge. Which is huge. Absolutely. But I, I watch him work so hard every week. I'm so – this program gives so much to us. The station gives so much to us. Just keeps him – happy and whole and what you guys do as a a station is so wonderful yeah i'm really glad it's not a podcast i really like like i have said many times there is no me in team (laughs) (laughs) i get kind of offended when people are like oh you going to your podcast me too me too too. i have a radio show right Right. there's no i in radio Well, actually, actually yeah. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Always get that wrong. <laughs> I got a free pre-roll today. Why do you oh. always get the good things? It's your birthday? No, uh, there's, there's, you know, the outlaw smoke shops in the neighborhood. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to the bring ones it. that are not legal because it, he lives in the West Village where a lot of them have become like legal. There, but um, you have some of the few only legal dispensaries, right? 
Yeah, all the legal. There are only two legal dispensaries. <laughs> They're both walking distance from my apartment. From your apartment, awesome. yeah. I was interviewed by the Guardian about one of them recently. The Guardian's a oh, great no paper. Yeah, uh, right on. And yeah, they they quoted me. I don't know how they knew I was an actor though, because I never said I was an actor during the during the during the interview. Um, but yeah, the one that has recently opened on Bleecker Street off of uh, LaGuardia was is the first one that has been opened by someone who had formerly been incarcerated on a marijuana offense. Wow. Oh, that's wow. part of the program is right. that they're they're favoring folks that have that have been treated poorly in the past. Well they and should. yeah. And uh the quote they used from me was uh, something along the lines of uh it's very unfortunate that this, that this man was incarcerated, but today it's really great to see true justice being done. Nice. And so awesome. And the Guardian is, you know, uh, it's English. Fun. It has yes, it does have English roots. Yeah, and um, it does not rely on advertiser money. It's not owned by some billionaire. It relies on contributions, like Radio Free Brooklyn does. Uh, so they already knew who you were because they said you were an actor. I don't know. They must have done research. They yeah, they researched well, you. You you can find plenty if you research Base Boy, but Francis Hall. Not I, so I, bet it, I bet it links. I think you, you don't mm. understand the internet that well. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. It's like giving Grandpa the remote Fra- control. Francis and I have been together for nine years, so I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to throw. Oh, it's true. <laughs> we like truth here. We like it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and and I also mentioned in the article that I used to be in the marijuana business. They used I I went on for a few minutes because it was the Guardian. I was going to give them whatever they they wanted, you know. Uh, and that was my first question when they asked if I if I if they could interview me. What what paper are you from? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, because New York Post, not so much. Or the National Wait. Review. No, thank you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about this. A little bit. Uh, I'm still digesting. A lot of people are still digesting. But the murder of Tyre Nichols. Mm. Um, it's Memphis, the, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's. I'm hearing people say that, well, it was not a racial incident because the police officers were black as well as the victim. But I ask you this. If there was a white man in a business suit would this have happened? I don't think so, and therefore I think it is still a racist. The institution issue. of yeah. policing is still racist. So, yes. it's, you know. Yeah, just the, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what color the, uh, the police are, the institution itself, no matter who you are, if you're a part, like, if you're a part of that institution and you are somebody that decides to go on that power trip and just treat people inhumanely. You're, you're just as bad as the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's called ACAB for a reason. <laughs> All cops are bad. <laughs> See, you know what? I, tell me if you think this is an odd take on it. All the cops are African-American, right? Mm-hmm. And the city of Memphis was real quick to just, they, fired they, them, they fired them all. Get rid of them. No, they're all bad. Yeah. There's, you know, this was a savage incident. It takes them so long. If it were white police, cops. Fire white police if they right. ever do. Exactly. And then they fired these 
I mean, the, the so city you saw of that Memphis. Too. I saw it too. The city of Memphis did just um, like say, like commit to um, doing this beforehand. So they, it kind of would have looked bad if they didn't. But I do think it was because they were black is why they had the swift. Like, yeah, yeah, that's something we have to look at too. Yeah, because like yeah. It, we've never seen white cops be fired so quickly. No, that's yeah. Again, yeah. another example of why it is bothering me when people are saying this that there's that race is not playing a role in any of this. Not true. I, I just think, um, I just think that some black cops, like, I don't know if this is true, but maybe like they might not look at them. They look at themselves as more of a cop than black at one point. Yes. Their identity more is blue yeah. than black. I'm, 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 more blue than black. I'm, I believe that. Yeah. That's what I, I, I can't speak for them, obviously, but that's what it feels like. And, like, I see them, like, stop and frisk. Like, I see the black cops, like, stop and frisking these little kids, you know, in the, in Bushwick. I, I see that, you know, when I... Which I, is not supposed to be done I, anymore. I've been in Bushwick a long time. I mean, I moved from Bushwick recently, but I, I lived in Bushwick for a long time. And, you know, I saw a lot of stop and frisk, and I saw a lot of it being done by black cops. Right. And it's human. You know, people are people, regardless of the color of your skin. So it's about power. And if you feel you have power... Yeah then you might use it the wrong way, regardless of you know what color you are. I did Google I w- my own name just to see what came up, Francis Hall. One of the things that came up was, a, was an interview that I gave to Gothamist in 2007, and they asked, one of the, their last questions was, what would you like to see for the future of New York City? I said, legalize marijuana. That's been done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, legalized dancing, that's been done. The, the Dance Liberation Front was an organization that I was part of when Giuliani started enforcing the no dancing laws. We, Which are uh, also racist. That's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. was, were based yeah. on racist ideology. Yeah. That sounds uh, like Footloose or something. It, it was a Footloose nightmare come alive. <laughs> yeah, so we organized this group and we did, we did a conga line up Avenue A. We surrounded City Hall and did the hokey pokey. We broke the world record <laughs> For I, I forget what it is. It was some silly dance. We had a twist a thon in Times Square. We just did these very fun events, but that were also very meaningful. And my part was actually meeting with the police. I was the police liaison. I would meet with them in advance. We would agree on a route. Uh, we would or, or a time frame. I would, I would get whatever permits were needed. There was never an arrest at any of our events. Who, who there was came? Never property damage. It, was it yeah, the hundreds um, of people? It was the like your art store scene people. Oh, or? The, yes, and and hundreds sometimes. You were just thousands. you you guys got a good got the word out. Yes, I was very good at, at uh, press. Yeah, I thought he was bad with the internet. How did he do that? No, he's very good with this press. This was in oh. this was in the nineties. He oh. can like ah. reach out to press. He he actually can't reach out to press, but he can't. Um, he can't actually use the internet. So I don't know, so I don't know how he reaches out to press. Like, I don't know how he figures out how to do that. <laughs> and one of the other things I said was that I would like to see, uh, I would like to see police salaries higher. Uh, and the reason behind that, and I didn't really explain it, is because it would attract better people exactly. to the job. Exactly. More capable people to the job. People who are, you know, I'd also like, I'd like to see a lot of things change in the police department. And I think that's what a lot of people are talking about and getting it right. That policing needs to change. Um, if we're I done, would like to bring the police on here. 
You should invite them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm planning on inviting. I've had a lot of um, police like interaction with the Bushwick police um, because I'm schizophrenic, and they like at one point came to my house like every day. They were pulling guns on me, and oh. um, I just feel like they need to like he- hear about how like how they could have done it differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they can't. They can't talk to press. They can't talk to media. They have a press liaison. Right. Exactly. And, but I've heard the press liaison is very trained to, like, take people down. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be able to, like, get by on that. You're not going to be able to just, like, talk, like, freely with that, that person. Like, that person is just going to try to take you down. There is a... Uh, That's not helpful. There is a, a former police officer that I have known for over 20 years um, who would speak to us with uh with his voice changed his voice and without changed. him being identified and we're just trying to figure out the logistics of that okay. how, how we're going to make that happen you know cuz you But he's you, a good cop. He is. But if you have said that police do listen to this show and if he's on here maybe they they're going to they could show up. They could know? show up. Right. Yeah. Uh, cuz we do it live. Maybe do a pre-recorded. Yeah, they've section. they like they used to come to my house if I wasn't on the station. Like if if I didn't make it, they would come to my house. So like and try you to okay? take me to psych <laughs> Yeah, you okay? We're taking you to psych ward. Like why are you on your show? Really? Yeah. So they were That's like kind of cool. They were I they were on my Facebook. They like came because I made like a joke about the Joker once, and they were like, "Are you going to be the next Joker?" And I was like, "The Joker is not real." <laughs> <laughs> It is interesting. It's some, at one point, I was like, "I'm famous." <laughs> We're number one on the sh- on the talk. No, but the police made me on the sh- famous on the radio station right now. I, I think that's great, and, and congratulations. To yes, you congratulations, and- congratulations, Francis. Yeah. You've worked um, very hard on this show. Not get, really. Get <laughs> <laughs> He's a natural. He doesn't have to work hard. I take blows. notes. I show up. <laughs> uh, any more that people want to express on Tyre Nichols? And policing. Uh, otherwise, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay. That. Uh, well, Sunday. This is this has been a difficult week for me. Sunday, I found out that my friend uh, Sal Piero, who was the founder and president of the Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club, passed away at uh, 71, which is a young. which is young for these days for with mod- modern medicine. The way it is, and um, but his uh, his it wasn't a wake; it was a celebration of his life. And damn it, it was fun. Where was it? It was at uh, two twenty five West Fourteenth Street. I can't remember the name of the place, but I have a weird thing with numbers, so I remembered the address. Uh, um, and uh, I saw my brother went. My sister was there. An old friend of my family, Greg Klein, who. Um, Used to date my sister was there. My sister Elaine was the very first person to do to dress up for the floor show of Janet at the Waverly Theater. That's how far back we go with this movie. No kidding. Yep. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. So that started here in, in New York. City? Yeah, it started. It started three blocks from my house at the Waverly Theater. Wow. In 1975, I believe it was. Wow. And yeah, it'll be the 50th anniversary in two years. And Sal was just a wonderful human being. He was so warm and so loving and so sweet and just so full of joy. And that just carried on to his memorial. It was just a, a loving, joyful time. And I'm so glad I was able to go because it, 
you know, I really let myself go through the healing process of this. And um, uh, anyway, if anyone is listening that 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 loved Sal as much as I do, I'm going to play one of his favorite songs from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. But it's going to take me a minute. <laughs> so would you like to read some of this copy while I get this set up? Because it's the internet. You are listening to Art Star Scene on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Um, has, has it ended already? No, uh, it's Amazon it's Okay. February 20th. If you're an Amazon shopper and would like to donate in a way that costs nothing to you, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash Amazon and register RSB as your Amazon Smile Charity. Every time you shop, a portion of your purchase benefits Radio Free Brooklyn. A lot of nonprofits are very upset. Um, I've heard about yeah, um, many, Amazon. Yeah, many, many nonprofits. Like, yeah, there's so many nonprofits that that have, that have uh, benefited benefited from this. Yeah, we're we're among them. We've, we've, <laughs> we've greatly made close benefited. to a thousand dollars. Yeah, just from Smile alone. Yeah, yeah. and that's not that's not that's not that's nothing that's small, not, for, that's nothing small for, for us. Yeah. Right, exactly. If you'd like to listen to RFP when you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFP events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. I was feeling done in Couldn't win I'd only ever kissed before You mean she uh-huh. I thought there's no use getting Into heavy petting It only leads to trouble And seat wetting Now all I want to know Is how to go Tasted blood and I want more. I'll put up no resistance. I want to stay the distance. I've got an ish to scratch. I need assistance. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. I wanna be dirty. Joey, chill me, fulfill me.
Creature of the You're listening to Art Star Seed Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. That was Touch a Touch a Touch Me from uh, from uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Creatures of the Night is the name of one of Sal Piero's books, and there is early development of a film about Sal and uh, and Dory Hartley. Dory was the first and to this day, I think the best to dress up and perform as Frankenfurter. Uh, and the film is going to be set in 1976 and revolve around their friendship and the scene that they built together that has brought joy and, and community to millions of people for 48 years. So bless you, Sal. Thanks for doing that. And, uh, and brought a lot of joy to the world, even those folks you don't know. And certainly to me, as a friend of mine, always so kind. Thank you and, and rest well. Uh, <laughs> Sam Wolf was on the show last week, if you were listening. What you didn't yeah. hear is after the show, he goes, I might have revealed too much. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's the thing about this show. That's the thing like, about the show. You, you, op- like, you open up in a way that you don't expect to. <laughs> it happens. I'm always just telling like everything on this show. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah, you do. I, I say anything. This is why the police listen. <laughs> I want to talk about. The new, I want to talk about the new dicks for a minute. Oh, well, we did. I we did use it. Oh, you did. Okay, mm-hmm. so I saw this this dick on Amazon that it was like the number one selling one in realistic dicks. And what's it was only eight dollars. What's it made Silicon, of? Silicon, is it? It was only eight bucks. It was, and I'm like, this is the most gonna, realistic gonna be... for eight dollars. Yeah, for eight dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, this might be a piece of crap. I don't know why it's the top seller, but it's eight bucks. Let me, and and it got in the mail when you were there, actually. And you're like, this is good. I like this. So I was like, look, and I saw it was still eight bucks, and I bought another one, and I had it sent to you, and you had fun. We had fun. Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> Eight bucks. I mean, it seems I worry about like. I know I'm a little worried, but like the material. I I like was really looking at it. I was like, eh, do I really want to put this in my girlfriend? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, um, but no, I think it like um, it seemed to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> it seems to be okay. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, I just restored testosterone that day, so I was like, yeah. and i got you some paints and some paints some oil paints that um have been very very helpful are you a painter i'm a painter yeah abstract um i used to do a lot of like like mixed medium and like i do do some portraits um but i do some a lot of like mixed media that's like very chaotic um it's like very schizo. <laughs> do you like take pictures of the Rachel poster? says uh, LOL. Yeah, I do, yeah. Rachel says LOL. It was amazing. <laughs> Is she talking about the dick? The yes. dick. Yeah. <laughs> the dick. <laughs> Rachel's <laughs> usually on with us, but she's not here today. And and Calvin, this is not the Rachel I met at um, Pine no. Box. No, no, no. Different Rachel. Different Rachel. Here's one of Lucas's pieces. Oh, man. Can I? That's gorgeous. Thank you. 
That was uh, on display. You want to talk about that? Because we want to discuss crossing points. Oh, yeah. This is a good way to go into it. I work with a nonprofit that um, helps people who have been trafficked. um, And um, they did an art show with um, and presented me and Rachel's art. um, And there was like also like a gospel choir there. It was a really beautiful event. Um, We did want to promote them as. you know, as as an organization that if you want to donate to somebody, um, please donate to them. They're they're really worth it. It's called Crossing Points Art, and you, they can find it by just checking Crossing Points Art. Yeah, there's a website. Um, Who, who's the female? Is that Ruth Bader? That's yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's yeah, that's great. That's great. Jenny will like that. She's a big fan. We have a Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg ornament for our. Christmas yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Nice. How, how, uh, I love her. Rachel is also an artist, and yes, Rachel was also um, in the art show with me. Beautiful. We Man, do this talented. on radio a lot. We do this. We do these, <laughs> Yeah, we do all these we visual do lots of things visual stuff on, the radio. <laughs> on the radio. Yeah, and people just can't see. It's really rude. It's so wrong. That's beautiful. Is that modeled after anyone in particular? She uses a lot of like the same, um, like pictures, and then she'll use make like a bunch of different portraits out of the same picture, and it will they'll all look um, a lot different, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Did you were you you and Rachel trained, or you just kind of figured it out yourself? Rachel had a has had a couple of classes at Pratt, um, but I um, am not trained. And uh, Rachel just said this: it is Crossing Point Arts with an S dot org. Dot org. Okay. dot org. They have also. I, I have my um, my teacher training to be a teaching artist with them. Sorry, guys. So, also last week, Rachel was talking about how uh, how she went off of porn for a while, and it led to um, some interesting changes. Yeah, I still don't think she's gotten really back onto porn. I think she's been still off it. Also, yay, so proud of you, Lucas. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say? I don't think she's back on porn. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I live with her. I don't. Th- I, I don't see, I, say, see any evidence of porn. I decided. I'll, I'll, let me see what it's like if if I go off of porn for a bit. And I don't know if it's related or not, but I wrote a little essay, and I haven't written an essay in quite a while. I've been writing poems usually late at night, but this is a daytime essay, and I'd like to share it if y'all don't mind. So do you Absolutely. jack off? Do you jack off to porn during the day? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> sometimes yes sometimes in the evening but i do a lot of uh what what might i want to save for later watching of porn okay you know i'm saying yeah I, I, I preview a lot of stuff and, ah you know for 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 for, for when what for when the moment comes and it just takes up a lot of my time excuse the I, pun yes it takes up a lot of, <laughs> so porn really takes up a lot of your time it was taking up now that i'm not watching it you know, and I see I'm writing essays again and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, law-abiding citizen. How did I become this law-abiding c- citizen? 
I used to break laws all of the time. In June of 2003, the Supreme Court struck down the homosexual conduct law. So I stopped breaking that law because it was no longer illegal. I was 38. I had attended gay rights rallies nearly as far back as I can remember. I was in the cannabis business for many years and at times was demonized for it. With no proof that I was distributing, my beloved alma mater, alma mater, Simons Rock Early College, banned me from the campus based on rumors that I was. I mean, yeah, I was. <laughs> was it after you graduated, though? You mean, yes. Yeah. yeah, I graduated with honors uh, the week I turned. I was 19 years old uh, and got my bachelor's. I was smart. That's wow. really impressive. I believe it was a healing herb and put my freedom at risk to bring it to those in want or need. Starting as a teenager, I volunteered to wheat paste. Remember wheat pasting? To wheat paste posters promoting rallies to legalize marijuana. Then marched while breaking the law along the way. I no longer break that law because it is no longer illegal. When Mary, we were talking about this earlier, when Mayor Giuliani dusted off cabaret laws from the 1920s and started enforcing no dancing laws, Reverend Jen Miller, Robert Pritchard, and I formed the Dance Liberation Front. We led a conga line up Avenue A. We surrounded City Hall and did the hokey pokey. We staged a Times Square twist-a-thon and many more fun yet meaningful events. My main role... I already talked about this, but anyway, was as a police liaison, I would meet with the department heads, agree on a route, and secure permits. There was never even one arrest at a DLF event, nor property damage of any kind. And dancing in New York City bars and clubs is no longer illegal. So how did I become this law-abiding citizen? By getting beaten and banned and spat on. By being one wrong move from spending years, if not decades, in prison. By breaking stupid, harmful laws, fighting to change them. I was born into a world where homosexuality was not just illegal, but considered to be a disease and marijuana a gateway drug. I've suffered through some serious, actual mental illness due to much of this. But I say this with tears in my eyes and from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you to all of my friends, family, and allies who have supported me and or any of these and many other causes. Thank you for helping me, helping to make me the law-abiding citizen I am today. I love you. Bravo. Very good. Less porn. (laughs) (laughs) See see what happens when you get off the porn? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, we're already halfway through this. Uh, You wanted to talk about Lisa, we're calling her, because we're not going to say her name, who was inspired to be a trans girl by you. Well, I said Lisa was a bad name to name her because it sounds too like that's like a white girl's name. <laughs> uh, my mother's sister's name Lisa. So. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now I feel really bad. I really like get it. <laughs> all right, all right. So we'll keep it at Lisa. Lisa, um, I met in the psych ward, and. Um, she was identifying as a as a male at the time, and she has like you know a pastor as a mother. So you know, I met her mother very nice, but like obviously, you know, can be probably a very strict like background, you know. Um, and she was inspired to come out as trans because of me, um, which was really nice. And now she's the um, you know very 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 beautiful trans girl, but um, she does like a lot of beauty stuff. Um, and um, the only problem is she has run into some trouble at work over it, you know, 
which I have too. I mean, I, I got to the point where I like just said I was a they them at work just to like make it easier. You know what I mean? Like I was like, well, this is like, I'll just go halfway in between. But at least I did that. At least I didn't say I'm a girl at work. Okay. It took a long time for me to find a job. So I had to, I, know. Like, I just had to find a job. I, like, at one point I was like, I'm not going to fight this like trans thing anymore. I'm just going to get a job. Got to pay the bills. <laughs> you have to pay the bills. You can't mm-hmm. always be like, like, you can't always be like, I'm trans. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Rachel te- texted beautiful Francis about my piece that I wrote. It's, it, it just, it came, it came a lot sincerely. I was like thinking, why the fuck have I, haven't I broken any laws recently? I, fucking break laws all the time and then i was like oh shit because you help change the ones that you broke all the time <laughs> keep it that's going that's pretty fucking awesome keep it going i gotta find some new fucked up laws to break and fight against <laughs> what have been some cause causes that you remember that time have been passionate that oh, you've been passionate about in your life me yes oh well i'm into environmental issues big time you know uh those are important to me. I've studied that formally, and I uh, developed some curriculum at a, at a college I teach at. Um, also, anything that has to do with discrimination, doesn't matter what it is, anything that makes people feel less than they should or second class or like shit about themselves, I'm on board to help push back on that. Um, and there's a whole host of those, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I'm not, I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I, for me, the way I do it is, uh, try to, try to nurture collectivism, you know, get people together because people are the power, you know, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. So try to, try to get people to connect and, and see each other's humanity and then focus on where that humanity is being disrespected and, and whatever the particulars are, you figure it out and you speak truth to power and you don't do it with hate, but you got to do you got to do it with strength, because they'll beat the shit out of you, you know. And then you got to stand back up. You know, Gandhi was a major, and you know, of course, Dr. King and all, major, major influences. And I'm nothing like them. Don't get me wrong. But whenever I think I'm going through something tough, I think about how they used to get beat up and threatened, and 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 they just took it with love. Yeah. And they knew what was right, and they never lost sight of that. So I, I can't give you a specific answer, Face Boy, but I'm distraught often by our fellow humans. I'm distraught that we make the decisions we do and the way we you know, want to get into that group think and make people feel like shit about themselves when they're just trying to figure it out like the rest of us. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, causes that are in your heart. Well, thank you for asking me. I loved your essay. I really loved your thank essay, you. Face Boy. Um, you're making me think I'm grateful to be here. I'm not used to this at all. This is not my comfort zone. But I appreciate you asking me. And I um, was reflecting since you've brought up the subject. I, I work with kids. Um, I'm an elementary school teacher. I've <laughs> taught for the last 19 years. And so I think of myself, I mean, I'm very much part of the establishment in a lot of ways because I, I live in a bubble and I'm not teaching kids to, um, you know, do naughty things or, you know, I, I live in an elementary school bubble, but at the same time, um, one of the struggles I've had is, um, how do I teach the children that I love? 
and I truly love them, about what's really there, what's re- what really is. And um, I'm thinking especially of, of where we've come from um, as a country, as a people. And um, that's, that's a hard that's a hard road to, to go down, and I've struggled with it for decades because I, I hate being the one to disillusion them that our country's not perfect, that, you know, you've been fed this bill of lies, to be honest. And um, I'm really sensitive to that and how that makes them feel, and there's only so much you could do. I, I used to teach six-year-olds. Now I teach nine, ten-year-olds. Um, you know, they're not yet formed to, to handle, like, the truth in, the, in as blunt a way as, as maybe they need to. I don't know. I don't know. I struggle with it. So that's, that's something that, that is my daily, um, you know, uh, battle. I don't want to contribute to the lie, and I don't want to contribute to, like, everything's great because it's not, but, but we do have a lot of good. <laughs> so it's um, something I'm still continuing to navigate, but I do live in that bubble. Do you have the freedom to tell the truth in your classroom? Um... You know, uh, I know that's a big question. That is a big question. That really is a big question. You know, I um, you know, we're we're starting. um, I teach this program called Wit and Wisdom, which I think is wonderful, and uh, it is a curriculum. You know, it's 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 a curriculum that I I don't go off of it too much, but it's it's deep, and um, we're about to study the inception of our country. You know, the revolution and and why we are the way we are, and where do we come from? And the premise of this module is there's two sides to every story. There's George Washington, and then there's King George, and so that's how we present it. Um, I can't I can't teach the history of our country without you know talking about the fact that there's another perspective. Perspective, you know, it's right. not just those two. So, you know, again, it's it's hard for nine year olds. You know, you're 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 embarking on a lot. You really are. And you know, the, the kids are kids. They're beautiful, and they they'll say that I teach primarily white children, to be honest. And so, you know, they'll they'll come to. I don't color doesn't. I don't see color. They'll say things like, you know, it, it, it's all the same. We're all the same, you know. Um, you know, but many of them belong to country clubs. Many of them, it, it's hard. For, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Um, and gosh, I, I, you know, I, I, the way what I what I continue to tell myself, and then what the the um, philosophy I try to embark upon, you know, with my students is is listen. Like li- you got to listen. You got to listen. You know, people are saying that they're in pain. You got to listen. You know, and 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 just just absorb and listen. I think if we all do that, um, we'll get someplace. And she has them listening to James Baldwin. I do. I can't help it. <laughs> James and Baldwin. And I'm waiting for a phone call. To be yeah. honest, I'm yeah. going to get a phone call one of these days. <laughs> My parent. Yeah. But I can't. I can't. How do you do that? Like, there's this beautiful book we teach about the Boston Tea Party. You know, and so I'll teach them. I teach them. We hold these truths to be self-evident. I think it's important that they learn those words, and I think it's important that they know the the verbatim. You know, that all men are created equal, because that is the history of our country. And so if we if we don't learn it the way it was, then I don't think that's right. But at the same time, I, I applaud the girls who say, well, what about what about the girls? You know, what about the women? And then somebody will, you know, go to Lin-Manuel. And, and when I see Thomas Jefferson, I impel him to include women in the sequel. So we tried and I say that's that's wonderful because, you know, in 2023, that's what we should be saying. But, you know, we're, we're so not there. But I think it's it's tough when you're dealing with children because their minds are not yet able to handle some of but maybe I want them to. Heaviness yeah. of our history, yeah. yeah. You know, we fuck around a lot on this show. We talk about all kinds of different things, but I really like that there's also an element to this where we try to make a difference, make a change, and thank you both for sharing the things that, are, that, are pas- that you're passionate about. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. You're this cool, show so. goes so fast. I know. Man. You, you're done already? No, we have 20 minutes left. I'm going to play another song from Rocky Horror. 
So Sal was, uh, you know, people are giving him more than he deserved. They're saying that he was the first person to yell at the screen. He wasn't, he, but he did a lot. He's he's the force behind it becoming a thing. The first person to to say a line, to yell a line, uh, I can't think of his name, but he was a kindergarten teacher, and he was in the front row of the balcony of the Waverly Theater, and it was the scene right before where I'm going to play, where, where they get out of the car and it's raining and she puts a newspaper over her head and he yells, Buy an umbrella, you cheap bitch! That was There's a Light from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You're listening to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Here's an excerpt from an article from a, an interview that Robert Downey Jr. gave in 2009 to Esquire magazine. Quote, and speaking of wider, dude, 
There I am, and it's Rocky Horror Picture Show, Friday and Saturday night at the 8th Street Playhouse. And there's my buddy, Frank Hall, who I've known since I was five. And there are these kids from a local club calling us Rocky Horror Freakouts, and we get our asses kicked. They didn't call us freakouts. It starts with an F and ends with an agates. Um, uh, and we did get our asses kicked. Um, but... Uh, so you were friends with Robert Downey Jr.? We met, actually we were four. We met in nursery school. His, uh, his mother dropped him off, and when she came to pick him up, I remember Elsie telling me this story. She has passed a while ago, unfortunately. Um, and she said that, she, that the teacher, oh, when she dropped him off, the teacher pointed me out and said, you see that sweet-looking little boy over there? And she goes, oh, yes, you wouldn't believe. she goes to pick him up at the end of the day and robert and i run up to her together and robert this is my new best friend frankie (laughs) we were bobby and frankie then we lost touch for a while um his family moved around his dad was a filmmaker uh his dad does stuff much closer to the kind of sh- shit that I do. Than, yeah, he's than, cool. Yeah, he's cool. he's he did one. His last radio interview was on this show. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, wonderful honor. Um, uh, but I've made a real effort to try to find him, um, and and I and I couldn't. And it turned out that we were at the same junior high school, junior high school 104, and we had even kind of had some interactions and I saw on a day of absentee, you know, sheet where people were absent, their, their names were listed. I saw his name on it and I asked someone, you know, is this, is this Robert Downey? Is his dad a filmmaker? Is it blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah. Uh, and so the next time I saw him, you know, I didn't know if he'd remember me. You know, we were very little. We were four, you know, and it was like from four to six and, uh, he absolutely did, and he did remember me as best friend, and we did become best friends again. And uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's pretty awesome. He's pretty awesome. Did you see that documentary he did with his dad? senior? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I. It was a beautiful film. However, I was very dist- I was upset that Allison was barely mentioned. Yeah. A show about family, you don't. You don't include your sister yeah. and his daughter? Yeah. And I talked to Allison about it recently, and, and she was, uh, you know, she's, she's not going to watch it, you know. And, and I said, you shouldn't. There's, you know, you shouldn't. Uh, even though it's a really good film and a wonderful tribute to her dad, it's only going to be painful the, how she was excluded. Was she, is she younger? She, she's older. Older? Yeah, uh, I you know it's 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 baffling to me. It was like a male thing, maybe maybe it was father son, you know, and that's what he was thinking. I'm not saying justifying it, but are they not close, like Allison and Robert? They are not close. There you go. But you know, I have family members, siblings who I've not been close to for times, and if I, you know, I, I wouldn't exclude them. I got kicked Ooh. out of my family. I know. Uh, no, I'm back in. I'm back in, but I did get kicked out for a while. 
right when my nephew was born. It was very <laughs> tragic. <laughs> You're going to see him soon. I am going to go see him for his second birthday. It has nice. been... My nutritionist was like, I remember when he was born. I was like, when I was kicked out of my family, you mean? <laughs> was, that just, was that by chance or was it be, you know, connected I, to that? I, I think it was like, yeah, I think my mom, you know, she had had like, I was like, the police were taking me to the psych ward like every day, like, which I was really a victim. I think I don't think that I deserved that. But, um, you know, she had just had enough. And like, I think she just didn't really want her like nephew to, her, her grandson, I mean, to go through that i guess i don't know i don't know what the situation was i don't know why joanne does what joanne does <laughs> <laughs> my first uh screen actors guild film was a downey senior uh oh really directed. yeah it's called too much sun um it was it was it is not good <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was he, he he like he had a budget, and he had real like Hollywood actors and stuff, and that's not really what he does, you know. Ralph Macchio was in it. Uh, um, Andrea Martin was in it. It was Howard Duff's last film. I don't know if you know that era of Howard Duff's last film. Uh, Eric Idle was in it. Um, a lot of a lot of Hollywood names were in it. Um, and like I said, it had a budget and stuff, but it, you know, I, let me t I've told this story before, but I, I friggin' love it. Uh, Downey Sr. did a film about a, con a Confederate soldier who wakes up 100 years later in, uh, in New York City. And he, he wanders onto Yankee Stadium Field and says, where are the Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> now, n no, none of the actors we're brave enough to do this because they know that they're going to get tackled by security and all of that. So Downey Sr. did it himself. He put on the uniform and he told the person with the camera, as soon as you get the shot, you take out the film, put in just blank film, and you run with the film, someone else. So he gets on the field. Where are the Yankees? They get the shot. The film is taken out of the stadium. Security jumps him. They jump the camera guy too. They didn't see the switch off, and they you know take him downstairs the security area. And they, they say, all right, give us a film. And they take the film. And they're like you know dramatically get rid of it. And they're like if you had come any near come near to any of the players, you you would have been shot or something like that, which wouldn't happen obviously, but it would have been more severe circumstances. And they let him go, and sure enough, the shot got in the film. That's the kind of movies that I like to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No permits and, and lots of risk and, and you get the shot. Rogue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but this had all the permits. Uh, so <laughs> Lucas <laughs> is teaching. Tell them why you like to wear the N95 mask. Well, I just feel like I'm, I mean, I think a lot of it is like I'm, might be exposed to your mother, um, you know, and things like that. But wh why did I tell you last night? Because I think there was a funnier reason. I think I had something funny to say last night. Covers your runny nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said last yeah. night. <laughs> or you don't have to worry about your breath. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have like a chronic allergies. And so like, 
I like consistently have a runny nose and I'm like, and so I, I wear the N95 instead of like the regular mask to, to cover my runny nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about your teaching this week. Well, I had to do gym in the classroom. So that was like one day. So that was really difficult. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, so I did some like theater games with them, but like they were really not staying focused. And like it ended up like, and like I had to like make them silently read because like they were just like really acting out and like getting hurt. And like I was just, I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> uh, one of the things I did when I first heard of Sal's passing that was uh, smart. Uh, is I I went and got his books, Creatures of the Night, Creature of the Night 2, um, one that he did an introduction to, uh, and I forget what the what the other one was. Uh, I did it before word got out. Creatures of the Night, when I bought it, $11, $13. Today, $111. Wow. Creatures of the Night 2, uh, maybe paid $20 for that. Now, $95, $100. The one that he did the introduction to was $20. Now it's $40. They're all going up in price, which happens when an author or artist dies suddenly. So David reached out to that guy who made that film that you were in directly, and he did reach back to him. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about But this. then David said I have to give him sexual favors for that. No. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. The, David was, just texted me and he goes, You taught Jim? Did you wear spandex? I'm like, No, I did not wear spandex. <laughs> yeah, there was a So the movie Fame uh the the characters in the movie Fame go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and it's Sal who's hosting it. And there was a film that I was in called When where Mackenzie Phillips plays an acting teacher and her students go to an open mic night, which was my open mic night at the time. So I played myself in that film, but I don't have a copy of it. And, uh, and so he just, he wrote to him on Facebook. He wrote to the director on Facebook. I know. And now he wants it's not, it's not like he used his super film connection powers to get it. I appreciate him for doing that. But uh, he wrote to the guy on Facebook. Okay, uh, He remembered me. And uh, and he's going to get me a copy of the film like in March. He's very busy. Hey, I want to thank you guys so much. Uh, we have to finish up now. But uh, Troubadours and Rockin' Tours can be heard Fridays at 10 p.m. Did I remember that right? That's right. Thank you, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, and uh, Calvin's show is Tuesdays at 11. Yep. 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Lush Vibes Radio. Uh, right. We'll be back here with another live show. Next week, hopefully Rachel will be with us. Please, folks, uh, show yourself some love and show some love to others. It's important, and and you know that it is. Uh, thank you all so much. A pleasure. Great thank meeting you. you. Pleasure. You. Say, do any of you guys know how to Madison? Brad, please, let's get out of here. For God's sake, keep a grip on yourself, Janet. But it's, it seems unhealthy here. It's just a party, Janet. Well, I want to go. Well, we can't go anywhere till I get to a phone. Well, then ask the butler or someone. Just a moment, Janet. We don't want to interfere with their celebrations. This isn't the Junior Chamber of Commerce, Brad. They're probably foreigners with ways different than our own. They may do some more folk dancing. 
Look, I'm cold, I'm wet, and I'm just plain scared. I'm here with nothing to worry about. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Show you a rhyme, maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worried. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Or maybe a bite I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> but not the symptom. 